Hey, it's Jason here. I've got something special to share with you today. Earlier this month, Travis and I hosted the Big Leap Livecast. It was a live online event where we interviewed eight speakers from our upcoming Camp Indie event and asked them to share their personal story and their best advice for taking the leap from conventional lifestyle to a location-independent lifestyle, a travel-based lifestyle, working on something that you love and building something for yourself. And we were blown away by the advice they shared. And as soon as we started hearing all this incredible value and advice these speakers were giving, we thought we have to share this on the Location Indie podcast. So even if you weren't there during the live cast, you're here now. We've broken this up into eight different episodes. And in this one, you're going to hear from one of our speakers about how they took a big leap in their own lives. And whatever big leap is next for you, you're going to get some advice on how to tackle that in this show. So you are in for a treat. Before we dive in, don't forget, check out Camp Indie, I-N-D-I-E.com, CampIndie.com, and get your ticket to the world's most fun conference before March 1st, because the ticket prices are going up. And this is a conference that we are hosting, Travis and I are hosting, at a summer camp. Yes, you're going to get to go to summer camp and hang out with a bunch of amazing people, get plugged into a community that can help you take your next big leap because they say, hey, leap in the net will appear. But you know, isn't it smarter if the net's already there? And that net is a community that will support you. And that's what you'll find at Camp Indy. So come hang out, eat some s'mores, do some wakeboarding, shoot some archery, come to the 80s dance party. We have a ton of stuff going on there. It's going to be a blast. Hope to see you there. Okay. Without further ado, let's get into the interview. Thanks for listening. There he is. The new dad himself. Yep. Here we go. Here it goes. With a different background <laughs> than the last I know. Time I, I have an office you. for the first time in like seven years. It's amazing. <laughs> Ray, you look very refreshed and rested for a new dad. Congratulations. Yeah, but I'm cheating. That. So that, that doesn't really count. Um, we hired a night nurse because we live in Mexico. So when people ask, how are you sleeping at night? I'm like, I sleep fine. A nurse comes at like 9, 30, 9 o'clock at night and stays till 6 o'clock the next morning and takes care of the baby. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the good life. The good life. Awesome. <laughs> well, welcome, man. We're excited to have you. Let's uh, let's let people know what you do because uh, you do a lot of different things. And um, we're also going to give people a sneak peek about what you're going to be sharing with them at camp, which is a hugely valuable... Actually, we could call it another formula, right? Mm-hmm. That, that can help you validate businesses and other things. Um, so we can get in a little bit into the nitty gritty in that. But uh, first, just let everybody know what you do. That's a good question. What do I do? What do you um, do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, putting it on a business card would be rough. The short term is my specialty is bootstrapping online, six and seven figure businesses online. Um, so I build businesses is pretty much what I've been doing for the last 12 years. And I you know, started a new one back in January. That's pretty much it. I mean, in a, in a nutshell, I build online businesses. I bootstrap them is a key point. I don't have investors. I don't spend a lot of money. I bootstrap businesses usually for 50 to a few hundred dollars, and I try to take them up to half a million to about three million. Well, 
And we're going to link to one of them here, Live Lingua. Okay. And you have a new one. Do you want to share the yeah. URL for that? Yeah, sure. It's called HTTPS. It's my marketing firm. Called He's the got so many businesses. The, the infinite upcycle. Infinite upcycle. There we go. I'm like, I can, yeah, I can't spell to save my life. So it took me a second to type it. So that one launched in January and we're doing pretty well. So we have 11 clients already signed up right now. Two more signed yesterday. So awesome. we're doing pretty well. We were, we've been profitable from the month of launch. So we have never, we invested no money and haven't lost any money when we were there. So fingers crossed that that one continues as well. So this is a, uh, you know, you're going to want to hang out with Ray at the campfire if you can. Pick <laughs> his brain a little bit. But uh, uh, somebody mentioned the chat box earlier, you know, some of the conferences that people go to. I mean, you see these speakers are up on a big stage and then they disappear and you never see them again. I'm sure we've all. Wait, I'm not speakers. allowed to disappear after I talk? I, uh, uh, I uh, no. And we, we know you're not going to because we're <laughs> no, all just going to no. be hanging out there, which is a beautiful <laughs> thing about Camp Indy. But um, yeah, we wanted to learn a little bit about this is obviously the big leap live cast. And I know there's always been a transition time for people. For you, I know your story but i'd love for you to share it here where you had more of like a bricks and mortar type business and you had to kind of figure out things i'm not sure if that's the part you're going to go to this but we're just wondering like if we go into the delorean and go back in time um you know way there, back in time yeah i mean was there a point where you felt like oh okay this entrepreneurship thing is for me but i'm not sure about it i'm worried was there sort of a moment where you weren't quite sure what you were going to do and you had to kind of take a leap of faith even though maybe your your better sense told you not to? Oh, I don't have a better sense. So I guess that's <laughs> one of my superpowers. But other, otherwise, I definitely had some of those challenges. Now, this the story is interesting. If you step back all the way in time, I remember when I was 11 or 12, everybody in my class would tell me, Ray, one day you're going to own a business. And I was the only person who didn't believe them. So everybody there kind of seemed to have seen something in me that yeah. I didn't see in myself until much, much later in life. So I graduated from college. I'm a computer engineer. I did what you're supposed to do, right? You know, your parents want you to do. You get a corporate job. You work in corporations. Um, you get your paycheck every 15 days. But I kind of felt like something was missing. So I, I've taken multiple, quote unquote, leaps of faith to get to where I am today. So the first leap of faith was Halloween 2006 um, was when the leap started. It lasted 48 hours. So the, the thing is, I remember I was drunk, standing on a stage at a Halloween party in a bar called The Blind Pig in downtown Cleveland on East 9th Street, I believe is the address. And I was looking out over the crowd, and I knew about a third of the people in this bar. It wasn't a huge bar, and but some of them were like 10 years older than I was, and I was in my mid to late 20s at the time. And I remember thinking, I know that these people have been sitting in this bar getting drunk with the same people for the last 10 years. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I just didn't want that to be me. This was a so company that kind function, of, right? No, no. This was just – I was out with friends. I mean, oh, okay, we, yeah, I did like intramural volleyball or something like that. So that's why I like knew a lot right. of these people. Right. Um, yeah, I sucked at volleyball, but that wasn't the point of intramural volleyball. It's just an <laughs> excuse to go out drinking afterwards, right? So I was sitting there looking at my drunken haze, and I remember thinking, I don't want to be here in 10 years doing exactly the same thing. So the next day I went to work, and I was the team lead of an IT – a small IT team of like five programmers at the time. And they invited me to a presentation of a plaque to another team lead in another department. And we, I go in there and you got that cheese plate with the grapes on it. I vividly remember seeing it. And then like the VP of the company comes over. It was a great company. They treated us very well and gives them a plaque and a watch saying, thank you for 40 years of dedicated service to this company. And I was sitting there. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to be getting that plaque. There's no way I'm getting that plaque. So what I did later that day is I went online and I applied for the Peace Corps. And three months later, I was in Mexico. I had quit my job. I had a good corporate job. I sold my house 
quit my job, sold my car, all my belongings, and was in another country in 90 days um, from that point. So that was my first leap of faith. The second leap of faith was after I was done with the Peace Corps and had no money. I'm like, hey, and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, let's get married and start a business. So that, that sounded like a great idea at the time. You know, we literally got married in the school, the building we used as our school. We slept on that floor because we couldn't afford to actually rent a separate place. We had this inflatable mattress that had a hole in it. So I'd inflate it at night. We'd fall asleep on the mattress in the morning. We'd wake up on the floor because all the air during the night would slowly go out. And we started our first business. I had $2,000 in my bank account to rent it, you know, equip this, put up a website and do all the rest of it. Um, and then the third leap of faith was the leap online when swine flu hit Mexico and we lost all our clients at the school overnight and we needed something. So I threw up a website. My wife was the first teacher and we launched that, which now is Live Lingua, one of the three biggest online language schools in the world. Wow. I, I love, man, between you and Chelsea painting the pictures, it's like, right. I mean, we had the uh, lawnmower and now the plaque and the watch, yeah. the plaque, the watch, the fruit. I bet player. people can relate to that too, though. Anybody in a corporate job has been to one of those, right? Where they give you the five-year watch, the plaque, there's like a cup yeah. after a year yeah. or something like there's that. Always a watch knows involved. What that is. There's always exactly. a watch involved. Exactly. Oh man. But it, it does. That's what hits home, right? Is this, it, it's these, it, it sticks with you because it was so vivid. Like that's why it can be such a memory. You're sitting there thinking, no way, like no way that's going to be me, but it will be unless I actually take an action. And you mentioned some of the hard parts with, with some of the things you had to do, right? Especially the idea of starting the first brick and mortar school was like, well, we're going to sacrifice almost everything, you know, not that, not that you're sacrificing your safety or health or whatever, but we have no money. We're going to get married in this building that we have the school and we're going to sleep on the floor essentially, right? Because we're going to make this work because even this is better than me being back there getting a plaque. I agree. And actually one of, but the hardest one was that first jump because mm. the other two, it was, you're right. It's risking everything, but it's a lot harder to make the jump when you're comfortable where you are. You know, I didn't have anything really to lose in the second one because I didn't have anything, you know, but the first one I'm giving up a good job, a condo and a car, you know, what people think is what we're supposed to make us happy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that was a much harder choice for me. I got a lot more pushback from my friends and family for that one. You know, by the time I'd done that, the other ones were kind of pretty easy. But, you know, when you're like, why are you giving up a good job as a computer engineer? Uh, you know, you have a car, you just cruise this out for the rest of your life and retire with your 401k and whatever it is you do at 60. Um, but, yeah, what a, there was actually a quote on TV at the time for the Navy that says, if, if they were to write a book about your life, would anybody read it? Now, I never decided, wanted to join the Navy. But that quote has always stuck with me. Mm. And I want to be able to, when I'm sitting there, you know, 80, 90, 100 years old, I want to be able to say yes. If I write a book about my life, it's going to be interesting enough that people will pick it up and read it. Yeah, totally. And I think that you make a really good point there, that usually the hardest leap is when you're not not crazy unhappy because you even said this is what everyone else thinks happiness is about but you probably enjoyed it too some right it you're like fine. hey i've got a condo i've got a car yeah you weren't like this is the worst ever i got to get out of here mm -hmm. when that happens usually the leap is easy because because you're saying this is horrible but when you're sitting there and you're saying all right i've worked hard this company you said the company treats you well you had friends that you liked you were involved in stuff you you didn't even mind the work you know all that kind of stuff Maybe you're a five or six out of 10 on that scale. And so that's when it becomes really difficult to leap because you're saying, well, I, I could ride it out. You're like, yeah, the plaque would be lame, but I mean, the rest of my life, I, I could do this, this, and this. And you start to tell yourself 
you start to try to make yourself believe it. But but mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you said, all right, I want a life that people will read about. And and I want to be a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. And the only way to get there, you knew, was to make a, a big jump. Exactly. And, you know, one thing to reiterate for anybody out there who's kind of considering the big jump, it's counterintuitive. But in my experience, big jumps are one small step at a time. Uh, you know, the decision might be a big jump. But you don't necessarily have to do whatever that decision is all at once, right? I mean, you know, even when I did that, 90 days, that was pretty quick, but it was 90 days, right, before everything kind of transitioned into that. When I launched a business, it's not like, boom, you you know, you got a plan, you got to do a few things. There's steps along the way. People get intimidated because they think it's, I'm at point A, the next step is point Z. They don't mm-hmm. realize there's a point B, C, D all along the way, right? So, you know, break it down into smaller ones. Don't think of it like everything has to change all at once, right? You're going, the big jump is the decision, not necessarily the action, but the decision to take the action, not just, "Hmm, it'd be nice to do that one day. No, you actually have to decide, I'm doing this. What has been one of the most um, surprising things that you've learned about yourself by going through all of this, all these different various transitional phases? This is a like a realization that's come up actually in the last few months. When you go through these changes, an interesting thing happens where you change, but you don't realize you've changed. So you're still thinking you're this person from like years ago, but you meet people and they're like, no, that's not you. Um, and that has been one of the biggest changes for me is realizing that whatever you do, can actually almost change you very quickly, but you internally in your heart, your mind, realizing that that's who you've become, that takes a lot longer. Uh, but wonderful things happen when they both coincide, right? When you re- you know, you know, start to believe what other people outside of you see in you. Um, I'm still working on it, but it's still, it's the realization at least is there that that's something that people should do. And I think almost everybody here, if you ask other people to describe you, if you describe yourself on a piece of paper and then you went out and asked other people to describe you, uh, I, I would be shocked if those two things kind of matched up as much as you think they would. Um, and I bet the people outside would be much more impressed by you than you probably are with yourself. We're much and, harder on ourselves, right? Yeah, and that's a great point because we talked about why camp and surrounding yourself with people, whether it be virtual or in person. Mm-hmm. You know, in person is just a higher level. You know, a, a you know, if you can do it even better way to, to surround yourself with people. But we talked about, oh, it's going to be inspiring. It's going to be motivating. It's going to be this or that. One thing that you just mentioned that's really great about it is it really gives you perspective on yourself and it gives you a sense of self-confidence and self-belief because other people are, as you mentioned, are going to see in you things that you don't see. So when you're like, well, I'm so nervous. I couldn't do this. Here's why. But someone's going to look at me. Look at what you already did. Or man, the way that you're talking about this, like I, you already know this or you're so passionate mm-hmm. about, they're going to see it well before you see it in yourself. I actually have an example really, you know, right now that I, the, the marketing, the infinite upcycle, the marketing company I just launched comes exactly from a story like that. So about a year ago, I was invited to speak at a small conference. And the night before I hadn't you know, prepared anything. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I had a lot of work in my businesses. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Let me just talk about what we do in our sales department. I'm like, I'm sure everybody knows this stuff already, but at least I won't go in there making a total fool myself. Now, I knew a lot of the people at this conference. So it's a joke. I made it all in Comic Sans and all the rest. I'm like, if I'm going to make it bad, I'm going to make it real bad. right? I'm in Comic Sans fonts on my PowerPoint, all the rest of it. <laughs> so I go and start talking about what, what we do in my marketing department. And to my shock at the end of it, not only did half the people in there come up and ask me, can you do that for us? 
which at the time I couldn't, now that I have the agency, I can. I also got invited to speak at another bigger conference as a result of seeing that. This goes into exactly what you guys are saying. I just assumed what I knew, everybody knew, and everybody was doing it. So there are all these people who are going to come to Camp Indy who might be awesome at doing something, but they, let's say they're an awesome artist. All their friends are artists. So they're sitting around all day and they're like, yeah, I'm not really that great compared to John over there or Jane over there, right? Yeah, but you're sitting in a room full of artists. You come out to somebody like me who can't draw a stick figure without a ruler. I mean, I'm like, I see that and I'm like, that is amazing. And so that's that different perspective that you're going to get there when you're there. You're probably awesome at something. You just don't realize it yet because you're probably hanging out with other people who are doing the same thing as you are.